You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome to All My Block Podcast and Green Bay Packer Podcast, along with, I'm your host, Amon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wall. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, AG. Good to be here, bud. Yep, we hanging in there, about to get into some Packer talk and funness in terms of now we're in the second week. At the end of this week, we got preseason ball starting up. We had family night. That was last Friday. I don't know if you saw any highlights of that. I don't know if they, I didn't even get it. It's just it practice. That, you right, know, for you us, yeah. Just, yeah, but even for family, it's awesome. Like, I think it's, first of all, Green Bay is so amazing because they pack that stadium. Mm-hmm. I've, Every like, time, I've, it's yeah, crazy. Right. I, I've played, you know, I, you play at other teams, you coach at other teams. Like, dude, mm-hmm. down in Miami, family night does not look like that. I mean. I could say that for Houston. I was in yeah, Houston. Yeah, it's just, it's just different. This is a it's very, bleak. very special place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very, very special place. I mean, Green Bay's got more people at practice than I would say 10 to 12 teams have at a family night. Every you know, practice, I mean, like I'm talking too. about a morning practice on a Tuesday. So it's right. a very, very special place. Anytime you get to go into Lambeau, if you're a fan of football, if you're a historian of football at all, you understand, you know, the backstory there and everything that's gone through the great teams, the great coaches that have that have been able to play there. So it's it's certainly I mean, you and I know it's an honor. Yep, it's a, it's a big deal for those fans, for us as players, too, because obviously we're using it for our uh, development to get ready, you know, do the things we need to do to be ready for that regular season game and obviously that first preseason game. Preseason game. So I'm going to get into this sponsor from our sponsors with BetOnline. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source of all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including NBA, Summer League, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news and even next season's early futures. That's what we're talking about in terms of Packers. So head to the website on your mobile device to sign up today to receive the 50% welcome bonus on your deposit. Just use promo code BLEAV to get the bonus and get into action. Bet online, Mike, where the game starts. So right now, like we talked about, training camp has started. Week two is in the fold right now. This is Monday, and we have Matt LaFleur, you know, talking about tempo, you know, in terms of things, the way he wants things going in practice and on the game field when they're running out of place. And so let's start that conversation. What is tempo? For the offensive side of the ball, Mike, when you get when you got the ball and you want to get that ball going and get that defense off balance. Yeah, so so the first so we talk about tempo and also you know Matt's talking about playing playing fast as far as your play speed and not playing tentative and and, and to me like like tackling that one first AG what that to me means when we talk about this in all different sports but certainly mm-hmm. in a violent sport like football you find a lot of guys first of all football although it does start and stop it is very intricate as far as the detail of your route running, your you know, as a, as an offensive lineman or running back, what holes you got to fill, like what your yep. reads are as far as you know, blitz pickup, and right. guys can get kind of starry eyed and not actually just get into the groove and play. So mm-hmm. what we try to do as athletes is we try to become masters at reading our external, like knowing our assignments, reading our external cues, and then reacting as fast as we can. The best decision makers in the world are the best athletes in the world. So. Yep. Matt LaFleur is talking about, I think specifically, hey, we want guys who can go out there, understand their assignments, automate their technique, make decisions, and just play fast, let it go, not be tentative. Being tentative is one of the of, is one of the traits that you see of younger teams, mm-hmm. is one of the traits you see with teams that, that have guys that are just kind of, you know, you're kind of dipping your toe in the water. You're not fully, you're not fully committed to being the best that you are. You made, a, you made a statement last week, and you said something like, 
something to the effect of, you know, players right now are just figuring out how to be who they are. Correct. And that's one of the things I think that Matt LaFleur is saying to these guys is like, hey, man, just go out there. Even if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake. How many times you heard this? Make yes. a mistake 100% because that's going get, to get you where you want to go. All the time. I heard that. Especially I heard a lot, obviously, during my rookie year because I was making a lot of mistakes. But then I eventually succumbed to that and said, you know what? That makes sense. Because if I was thinking too much, as I knew when I was comfortable in Nebraska, comfortable at Omaha Central High School, literally I was comfortable. So I didn't think I just went out there and balled and did my thing. But if I'm thinking too much, I'm slowing down. I'm yeah, I'm figuring out, okay, looking at the playbook and then trying to transfer at the field. No, playbook is not in front of you right now. Go do what you've been doing since you were six. So just having that that mindset to click and uh, understand, and for me, understanding what LaFleur you know, wants to get that going right now because, you know, it starts in preseason, having um, live drills. They have limited drills already, as we know. But then the game's coming up. We already know those guys, the first-string guys, are barely going to see the field, at, if not at all. We know Aaron's not even going to probably suit up. So for those guys that are in the rotation, offense, defense, go hit it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to we'll go to a practice film and fix it later. You know, that's the mindset you got to have as a player and obviously as a coach. There's a lot of different ways. I mean, we've talked about this before. Ultimately, as a coach, all these hours, everything that you're trying to do as an organization is really to make sure that your players develop the confidence mm -hmm. that they need to, to, to play at their best, right? Yeah. All of us are just searching for confidence. That's really what athletes need more than anything else. Yeah. And one way to facilitate confidence for coaches is to tell them, like, listen, I'll eat the mistakes. We can, we can deal with them later. I just need you to play at 100%. Because when athletes go out and commit to playing at 100%, they're playing with their hair out. We call it playing with your hair on fire. Right. Then you kind of start forgetting all of the other voices in your head. Like everyone thinks there's like one Jiminy Cricket sitting on your shoulder, like your one conscious voice, right? But we have like dozens of voices in our head, all fighting for real estate all the time. Mm -hmm. And really, you need that just what's my mission right now? Let's go do it. Read and react athlete. We need that voice to be in control. And the only way sometimes for a lot of these guys to get rid of everything is just to not worry about anything else. We'll eat the mistakes. We'll deal with it later. Go out and play as hard as you can. You know, preseason right now, whether you're talking about training camp, whether you're talking about um, th this first game for a lot of these guys, mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking about this, this quote that Kobe had. Um, it said something to the effect of the most important thing is that you must put everybody on notice that you're here and that you're for real. Mm, right. I get the it. obvious, obvious Kobe quote. Yeah. It makes sense. Makes yeah. Sense. And, and this is that opportunity for a lot of these guys to go out and say, man, I'm here. I'm here to play like Dobbs is doing right now. I'm here. I'm here to play. And I'm, not, and I'm for real. What's the way that coaches, what's the easiest way to um, characterize that or, or to, to put that into words for, for a coach is man, Go out and let it all hang out. Play 100%. Don't be tentative. Play as fast as you can, and we can make corrections in the film room. Right. And that, and I say another way to say that is players earning the coach's trust. They see that player going out 100%, and let's say there's 10 plays. Seven out of the 10 plays, you know, three of them didn't look too good, but the other seven, that means 70% of the plays looked, you know, fantastic. They saw a guy giving 100% effort. They saw a guy creating that picture okay it's a power toss he got out the you know it was a guard coming out his feet was there his body he was out in front you know wasn't you know out, off balance didn't seem awkward okay now we can we can work with that we could check that off in that mindset so once you gain that coach's trust when they're in meetings they are then now game planning and say you know coaches are asked hey hey lineman coach 
what your tackles look like or your guards look like coming out on that power sweep. Hey, they did, you know, it was a couple little little errors here in, in, in most of the series, but in some of the series, but overall, 70% of the time, he was getting around out of there, getting out of the box, getting in on the, on the DB or whoever he needs to block to make that play. And once that coach has that confidence, then he will speak up for you in meetings to make sure you get your time on that field come preseason. And, and it's important for all these players, these young players, to get that preseason time. Hey, let me ask you this: if if you're not a if you're not a high draft pick, right? But obviously, mm-hmm. we have to make some assumptions, right? If you pick, right. and this isn't always true, but let's assume that if you get picked by a team, that's because at least that position coach thinks that you're worthwhile, correct? Uh, at least as a project. How long do you think it takes, or what do you have to demonstrate to that coach before they go into install or or game planning and say, "I I know, or I want to." build our offense around their strengths. Like you talk, we always talk about there's coaches that come in and say, you have to run my offense. You have to adopt, you have to adapt to what I do. Mm-hmm. And then there's really good coaches that come in and say, I'm going to look at the strength and weaknesses of, of the players that I have. And I'm going to build the offense or defense around them. Generally speaking, how long do you think it takes for a coach to buy in or gain that trust, whatever we want to call it. So they're like, you know what? Amon's good at these things. I want to highlight these things. Like, how long does it take a guy to figure that out? Uh, I would say a good coach that knows exactly what he is looking for, it takes probably one practice for that player. Anything beyond that, that means they know they got to put work in on that player to develop. But if it's that guy that knows exactly what we're doing in terms of football, that coach will know in, in, in one practice, maybe one play or a couple series of drills, they'd be like, nope, okay, I got what I want. Now let's just work on this. Take that note down. Later on when they get to the practice tape, then they're already on it. Because I know, I remember Sylvester Crooms when he, when I when I got him as a coach and had EB as an assistant to him, man, I had two guys that are, you know, he was offensive lineman, played for Alabama back in the day. Edgar Bennett, we know what he did as a running back in the league. So both, both of those guys seeing me, they saw things that, you know, right away, I wasn't thinking about maybe in the back of my head later on, but then, you know, working on my footwork, running certain routes, pointing my toe out to make sure I have better crisp breaks when I go to an out route or go to an in route or a slat route because they were thinking about putting me in the slot at that time, thinking about using me beyond just being in the I formation. So that right there was then getting my head to where I got to be ready to do what I need for this team. You know, whatever that position is, even on my running back, they might put me in the slot. So that means I got to start reading you know, certain coverages and under, understanding that. So that that coach might be able to figure that out. But the good coach that understands what they're looking for, probably one practice, one or two yeah. practices. That's about it. Yeah, I was so. thinking, you know, because Mike Sherman was an offensive line coach at, at UCLA. Obviously, he was Flanagan's coach at UCLA before he mm-hmm. you know, became coordinators, et cetera, et cetera, and a head coach for the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, one of the things that that helped for the offensive line room was, like, we always kind of knew that we were going to be put in a bad position because he understood – what the problems areas were for different mm-hmm. things that happened, different defenses, different schemes, et cetera. So yep. we usually went into games. Part of that was him. Part of that was, was Beck would go up there and, and, and argue with everybody. If, if we didn't like a play, All I right. mean, to his credit, I mean, that's, yeah. that's something that he did do. You and have to so, do that. Yeah. And so we had, we usually went into games having the confidence. like, there's no scheme that they've put in that we can't run. And it's always interesting to me mm. because I think, when you know you could look at our line back in the day, there's certain things that everybody did well, and certain things that we didn't all necessarily do as well. Mm-hmm. And they did a really good job of identifying, okay, you know, Ch- Chad's not going to put a ton of work in 
on on like play side drive blocking, right? Mm-hmm. But he's, a, he's an incredible pass protection guy. I'm good on I'm good on the move. You know, Mike Mike Flanagan's good on the move. He can get to the second level. Marco's really really good at battling in a phone booth. You know, mm-hmm. Tausch, Tausch can do X, Y. So you just start looking at all these things. And they did a, I think they did a masterful job of putting that group together. Mm-hmm. But it all starts, it all starts with trusting that these are actually the guys that, that you want. Right. It, you know, I'm, it, it, and it takes a little while for them to say, you know what, these are actually the guys that I want in the room, making sure that, or I mean, these are the guys that I want, excuse me, not in the room, but these are the guys I want online week in and week out. So we're going to start building some of our offensive philosophy, not only around what you do and the skill position players do, but also around what we did. And I, you know, that was, I think that's one of the reasons we were so successful. Exactly. And put the, make sure they got the plays, you know, in the game plan to make them, everybody looks great together because they understand these plays. I understand certain plays. You understand all the plays. And then once we started meeting together, then that brought everything together. When the running backs was coming into the offensive line room, man, that my, I was like, Oh my God, why we didn't do this sooner? <laughs> it totally that still is not happening in a lot of NFL rooms. I just 100%. read this thing by uh, the guy, the guy down in the new guy, Mike McDaniels up, down, right? in, uh, down in, um, in Miami. Thanks. Right. You know, he was a coordinator. He actually thinks, interior offensive line out that's how he builds his offense and i just mm-hmm. love the way like he thought about that because you think like okay th- those there's a number of reasons why but it's also least athletic people on the field yeah right center and two guards especially when you have trent williams in san francisco yeah oh, right and right. yeah and you start going like okay so we're going to build th- what are they good at what can they do really well and he kind of built everything out that way which i think as a lineman, you, you go, okay, that's kind of intuitive, but nobody, no, I've never heard a head coach really say that out loud. It's kind of a cool thing to say. Wow. Yeah. That's it. That's an interesting uh, little detail right there. Cause it makes it to me, it, make, it makes sense to me. So uh, this weekend also, we saw that the, you know, NFL hall of fame, it was the big game, Jacksonville and uh, who was their opponent? I know it was somebody Raiders. Raiders that's who it was. Um, but we saw our former teammate, Leroy Boiler get inducted to the NFL hall of fame. So you got any good stories to tell of, of uh Roy Lee, as we sometimes called him in the yeah, locker so, room. Well, I, I was gonna say you said Leroy, but then I remember like as he got more popular, I think it became a Leroy. Right. I think the emphasis came on the second syllable of the word. Like you can't. You, I. You know, am I right on that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's yeah, one. From, that, he was Leroy. He was like, Leroy. State. He was Leroy. Like when he got here in Green Bay. Yeah. And man, then, and what I've, I think more, I don't know if it's a retirement. I heard during his career too, but guys would call him now for sure is Roy Lee. Oh, for sure. A, <laughs> when I hear Gilbert or Santana, the guys that was in the trenches with him. I, oh, man. I came here, like, you know, he was all decade team. And, and I remember, it, I always tell this story about Leroy, and, and it really probably applies to Leroy, Reggie, applies to Brett, applies to Frank, right. Santana, Gilbert, all those guys who were, had, had been his two Super Bowls. But Leroy is probably the guy who epitomizes it most because. He is, even as a, you know, you walk into a football locker room, he, mm-hmm. it's not like the guy's built like a brick shit house or anything, yeah. you know? I mean, he's, he's just kind of a normal looking guy he is, and he, sure. he is not, um, he's not macho. I mean, the guy has a good, great chat to him. He's super confident, mm-hmm. but he's not macho. He's not a tough guy, but he was one of those guys that kind of taught me early on because again, this is a violent sport. You got to manufacture emotion. I, I mm-hmm. felt like I had to always manufacture emotion, playing loud music, whatever it was, having, you know, butterflies before games, whatever, whatever, you know, where all these different people deal with these tr- uh, stressful situations. Right. And I remember Leroy, Reggie, Bre- these guys teach you that, man, if you're good, like if you're really good, then you can just be good. And that's enough. 
You know what I mean? You like your mindset's like I've I know what I'm doing. I've I know my playbook. I know my opponent. I've prepared. I've studied. Like I'm good. I can have this heightened sense of awareness. I can be anticipatory, but I don't need to be. I, I can be anxious, but I never need to be nervous because I'm good. And I right. can go out there and enjoy having fun, beating the hell out of somebody else with with guys that I that I love working with. Yep. And he was that kind of guy. And there was never this like. There was never this this BS bravado from him. He was just no, a good player. I agree. You know I mean? yep. And I, I love that about him. Yep. I, I definitely agree with all that sentiment right there about Leroy. Great teammate. Um, I remember my first year with him, 2000, coming in. And it was actually going in, I think it was minicamp. It was either mini, yeah, minicamp right before or it was the year. Because I think he was last year was 01. Um, so we're in practice, minicamp practice. And I did a, you know, it was an out and up route. And I didn't sell the flat part of the out and up too much. And then I thought I was open. Brett saw me. He chucked it out there. And, and then Leroy picked it off. And then what he did right away, though, I'm running back to the huddle. He's like, gee, 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 come here. He's like, come on, come here, come here. He said, let me tell you something about that route, though. He said, you did that little, you know, a little out and up. You got all that speed. And I know you didn't sell it enough. So sell that flat more, you know, and then turn your head, too. And I was like, OK, turn the head. He said, because as a DB, I could see that if you're don't even take a look at him. I know where you're going. You're going up the field or you're going, you're not even getting the ball. I could take you off my list. So right there, sell your whole body. Like you're going to catch the ball. Like he's coming to you. Sell it before you turn it up. Because once you sell it with the head, eyes, a good DB will check all that out and, and drive on you. I didn't. I hesitated. And once I saw your head go back upfield, then I'm like, I'm sticking back. That's why I got the pick. So that right there was like, thanks, bro. You know, appreciate that. Then. Any other little thing I did in practice from that moment on for the rest of my career, I made sure I did different things like that to sell things. You know, if it's a if I'm reading zone coverage or if I'm running from route running to running the ball, that right there, just like, cool. I could use that tidbit to help me. And now and that's the way I always looked at him from that standpoint, like you said. And then, you know, his uh, the way he carried himself in the locker room, the leadership side of it was all something that I say all of us as players. We want that part of us, you know, to make sure we show that to our teammates to have that support. Um, but, great, you know, great guy, funny dude, too, on top of that. He has a, he has a, he has a really good sense of humor. So uh, let's uh, move on to the next comment. So this week we got the 49ers coming to us, correct? I, didn't, I can't remember if it's home or away here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so we got either way going out to uh, San Francisco or coming here to the Midwest. Um, weather's the same, I think, in both places now. I yeah. say this is the only time of year that's going to happen. So we got the 49ers facing off against these Packers. We already know what's going to happen. First quarter, you know, it's only going to be a, maybe a one, maybe a series with the first the people are considered the starting line. Well, what line? What, we got we got injuries. I mean, injuries look, and Aaron ain't gonna be out there. Yeah, Brendan's still out. Bakhtiari's still out. Yep. Jenkins is still out. Yeah, I, I mean, it's as little as guys play, and I'm and you and I've talked about subscribing to the Sean McVay school of thought here. Yep. Um, I would say it's very difficult as a coach now to to figure out who your who your you know second and third string guys are. I mean, it's the only time you're going to get it, but you don't know who they're going to play against. Are they playing against like for like? Are they going to play against starters? I think the Bills, Dables, no, it was a day. No, it must have been Giants or Bills decided that they're going to play their starters for the, the quarter. I know, I know, a down, the team down in Houston is going to play their starters for a quarter next week, I think. And mm-hmm. you just start going like, okay, well, Green Bay's not going to play any of their guys. You know, the Rams, there's a couple of teams that are not going to play any of their guys. Um, I don't, 
you just can't take anything away from it. It doesn't matter anyways. And, and you know, you, you want to see this is actually a good time, I think, to look at individual performances, like our guys improving their thought processes, their decision making, mm-hmm. their technique. But as far as like gelling and all it's you're never going to get a, a clean sheet. So I know there's going to be a lot of fanfare and people are, you know, you get on Twitter, they're going to be talking about it all the time. But it, it's just like that Saturday night practice really doesn't matter. No, it's uh, for one, that was practice. Uh, this is pretty much an extended version of practice is obviously it's just a more of a physicality brought to the game. There will be full tackling and, and all the everything going on with that. But I definitely agree with the younger players. Um, you know, I said players that are not experienced getting their time for coaches trying to, like we were talking about earlier, building that trust uh, among the coaches on how they run out plays. But other than that, it's just going to be, you know, young guys out there making a lot of mistakes, um, which is good because that's what the, that's how you get better. I think <laughs> Make everybody fears, you know. I know one. You're one that you're. You're just like me. We're, if I make mistakes, so what? I'm gonna fix it and go and move on. But a lot of people out there are fearful, a fearful, of making mistakes, and that is got to be way way down or off your menu of what you're gonna do to get better. Because making mistakes is part of the process to get better and be that player you want to be, no matter what you're doing, football field, uh, no matter the sport or job. But make sure you know you do that basically. Yeah, I I, I agree, man. It's. I, it's this is a very interesting time for a lot of young professionals, the guys that are trying to break into the league. I mean, you know, they, they talk about the the career length of an NFL player being like three and a half years. And obviously the the statistics take into account the fact that a lot of guys don't make it past year one. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this all the time. Like, wh- why do you guys not make it past year one or year two? Is it physical ability there? Of course, it's part of it. But, you know, you listen to any pro who's been who's made it seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. And you ask them, you know, why are they making it? And other people don't every single time they say the same thing, man. It's, it's because they were willing to put the time in. They were willing to be honest with themselves about their shortcomings and areas of opportunity and, and, and put in work to fix them. Like they're just willing to put in time that other people weren't. And mm-hmm. that, you know, as, as great a job as it is to be in the national football league, it's a competitive job. And, you know, it's like, you know, you tell your kids the same thing. Hey, listen, if you don't want to put in the time, that's fine. Just understand there's somebody, you know, there's somebody down the street or, or you know, 2,000 miles away that's willing to do it. And 100%. one day you'll meet them and they'll beat you. It's just, that's a fact of life, man. That's how it works. That is, that is reality right there. So in terms of this game, we got Jordan, you know, obviously Jordan Love's going to be the starter. So he's going to be in his, what, third year starting the preseason game, getting a lot of time there. So again, for him, and like you just mentioned, got to use this time maximize the most of it um, and go out there and try to get better. Don't just, you know, obviously settle for, you know, set thinking, oh, I'm going to throw this ball as preseason game. Not going to mean nothing. No, throwing that ball, not saying that Jordan is thinking that, but just saying that's what he got to, you know, have that mindset going into each game. If you're, if you're Jordan Love, you know, obviously you try to get better every day, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I kind of try to put myself in his shoes in a situation like this. You're playing against, you know, you're, you're backing up the, the, the league, you know, two-time running MVP. Right. Um, just signed a new contract, probably going to be there for, you know, two, three more years. Jordan loves, you know, now he's start looking, it's like, okay, this is year three. Let me do the math. Oh, that's five, year five or six. Unless Aaron gets, unless Aaron gets hurt. I mean, this guy was a high draft pick, relatively speaking. And you start going like, i you almost feel bad for him. Like, are you playing to get traded? Like, are you right? Yeah. Are you playing to go get that Matt Flynn contract? Are you playing to go get that Jimmy G contract? Or, you know, like what, what is your purpose here in, on this team, on this, in, in this situation? Because you got drafted because you have ability. 
you clearly are being developed by some, you know, what's turned out to be a good, at least a good room, good coaching staff, whatever, mm -hmm. but it's a good room. Yep. And you're around the best player in the league day in and day out. But I, I've, you know, you go like, man, I, I kind of hope he's playing to get traded just so the guy, I mean, we need a backup, but you go, I feel bad for him. He might yeah. not play till year six. I, I mean, I'm with you. I feel bad for him too. And then that's, you know, when you put that, when you say that, I didn't even think about that. You know, you got to think that way yeah. because it is a business. Other teams are always scouting. You know, there's the NFL scout that scout for every, every third, third, all 32 teams have that NFL scout where they're looking at players that have potential not only to play, but, you know, to come off that team that they're currently on. And Jordan Love is in that position. He could be a guy that a team loses a, their starter. And this is a guy they've been high on since the draft. He, the year he got drafted three years ago. You say, you know what? We're going to pick him off the Packers. He's not playing right now. You know, we could use him now. We need him because so-and-so is out, you know, as our starter. So that is a you know possibility. And like you said, totally something I didn't think about being a player. Like, you know what? I got I to gotta play. We were never Good. in that position. Yeah, we were never True. in that position. But yep. this guy's going into year three, going like the the light of day is not anywhere near. Right, and uh, it just uh, with the quarterback position, it happens a lot because there's a misdiagnosis of the current guy, how long he or going to be there. And the same thing happened with Brett when he was playing. They drafted Aaron, you know, and that we already know how that scenario went down with McCarthy and Aaron and Brett, you know, retiring. We already know that, but still. In that same situation here now with Jordan Love, that's where he has to have his mindset. It has to be serious. It has to be business. So he doesn't fake himself out of the the potential of what he already has or what, you know, reason why he got drafted first round um, three years ago. So um, you mentioned Dobbs already you know, in practice, continue to impress. So what else is the young receiver from Nevada showed you um, playing out here or practicing um, out here on the practice field, Mike? Well, it's, he's present every day. You can just tell his mindset. He's got a routine. Uh, he's got mm -hmm. a pre-practice routine already. And he's mature for his age. And I think when I say mature, I don't, you know, I, I'm talking about professionally. He's just, he sounds, it sounds like he's doing the things that veterans do mm -hmm. to put themselves in a position to be successful every day. Now I know he went out there against Alexander this, you know, today I read it all, all over the media. It's he went out and Alexander shut him down like he should. He's a top flight corner, but right. you know, day and day, this guy continues to impress. Um, and it again, it shows you because you know I think Dobbs a fifth round pick, right? Yep. Lazard yep. I think was undrafted. He was uh, Donald. You know, go back Donald Driver seventh round pick. Yep. You know, go back Miami. to like Stefan the kid in Miami or in Buffalo. Stefan Diggs fifth round pick. Yeah, Marcus Coleman Saints seventh round pick. You start thinking about these guys who slip for all these different reasons. Small school, small size, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they're too slow. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't have the measurables. They don't have the school. They don't have the scheme. But it's just. Scouts miss on these guys, all of them, not just, you know, not 32 teams miss on these guys. 100%. And, right. And it's, and what is the separation between a guy like Dobbs and, you know, with some guys that we've drafted here earlier and earlier rounds that haven't done as well? Is this? He's got it upstairs. That's the it. Kids, the kid's got it upstairs, man. That's it. That's literally all it is. It's that, it's that hard. It's a simple but difficult thing to, to manage, isn't it? Yep, it is. It's something that you are in control. You think you're not in control because you're thinking too much. Mm -hmm. Go back to that time. Like I told kids that I coach that whenever you had a good moment or a good year or a good game, how what were you thinking about? You probably wasn't thinking at all. You were just reacting the whole entire game. Boom. Play The ball came to you. You took it and you went. That's how practice is every day. But now develop that routine. 
when you get to the practice field, what do you do? You know, because you get to your locker, you tie your shoe, you put it on, go get your ankle tape before that, boom, boom, boom. But then you get to the practice field, you start warming up. You know, you do whatever your quick foot drills, you work on your hands, jugs after practice, things that you, I know I've watched you do it, you know, during your career, Mike, after practice, you're in there flipping tires or you you, you had stuff. I don't know if you bought it or you had a uh, Rube or them or bloke to buy it. You had this big old pipe you would throw for about 20, 30 yards at a time up and down, make reps. So same thing. I would go jugs machine for about 20 minutes after and then hit the weight room, but then stretching and all those other things. So, so that mental mindset that you say that for Romeo, he's already there at that level. So year one, we're not even, we're basically just starting. We're at year zero for him and he's already doing those veteran things. And that's, so I, I think that's a, a good step for him in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. The, um, I just remember when I, when I went back into, into football uh, on the other side of the ball, this, Frank Gorsh came to Miami in one of his mm -hmm. last, I mean, you know, every year we thought it was gonna be his last year. Right. But I remember in like, like one snapshot demonstrated why Frank Gar Frank Gore was so great and why the, the Miami Dolphins team wasn't very good. And Frank Gore would show up and he would invite and he would, Hey, come on out. You know, he's not going to beg a rookie or a first, second year running back to come join him. But he had a 20 minutes before practice, he would get out there, he would stretch, he would work footwork. He, he had a pre-practice routine mm -hmm. that, you know, we were trying to instill in a couple different groups anyway. So there'd be a couple guys out there here and there, but none of the running backs would show up. And I just remember I'd always be out there early with some linemen working or some linebackers working on tackling or something or shedding blocks. And Frank would be out there by himself. And I just always remember going like, how could you not learn from this guy? Like, what is wrong with you? You know, right. if you're in the, if you're in that room and you're not learning from that guy, like you're out of your mind. But it, uh, like you said, like we just talked about, that's why some people are successful and some aren't. Yeah, you're not paying attention. You lost in whatever thoughts got you running before yeah. you walk into the locker room. You're not focused. So, and then uh, before we get out of just getting into the start of the show, so pick what is who is your pick to make the biggest leap forward this season? And we kind of talked about a guy already mm -hmm. in terms of Roma the Dob. So who who might be that guy? Well, I was thinking of the guys that have already been on the team. Um, so I got, I got a couple of guys. You can tell me if you agree or disagree. So on, mm -hmm. on defense, um, I'm just thinking Stokes, just because of the talent level so high. It was first year last year. Usually you see that jump from year one to year two is going to be more comfortable in the defense. He's just going to mm -hmm. make more plays. Um, offensively, you know, I was going to say Josh Myers, but then I really started thinking about it. And remember last year at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. because A.J. Dillon finished the year and he was amazing. But yeah. there was a lot of, there was kind of a little bit of a growth period as far as getting his running behind his pads in the beginning of the year that you were really critical of him. Mm -hmm. So I think AJ Dillon is going to have the kind of year. I mean, you just see him everywhere. He just is, he's part of the community now. He, you yep. can see how hard he's working. And he just looks like he's a, he's a guy that can carry the ball 350 plus times in a mm. season if you need him to. He's mm. that, got that kind of build. And so I could see him taking a, even a larger leap, actually, from, from last year to this year, just based on number of carries, but really starting off, starting up this year where he left off last year. Yep. And, then my, and then my special teams guy, I don't want to say Mason Crosby, but he didn't have a great year last year, man. He could, like, really use it to have a better year. But maybe right, Amari, right. Amari Rogers dropped 16, 18 pounds. He's not really showing up that. on offense. You don't hear his his name too often on offense, but you know maybe he you know has get some sure hands on punts and yeah, hopefully he could he could pull something together because you know he came from a big school. They yep. they had a lot of success and he's a guy that you look at and go he can help this team if he can kind of get everything you know put together the right way. So, how do you got anybody else you can think of? Um, I'm looking at the I say you said you you got AJ. I'm gonna start with the go with the starter Aaron Jones. You know he has a guy he's a guy that continue to develop in this offense and I like the way. 
just think about the run plays that LaFleur has made for him, you know, and he's thought about it. You could tell because it's the outside outside zone plays where he's in motion coming across the formation, using his speed. Obviously, you got the size with AJ that beats up the guys in the middle. But for AJ, for Aaron Jones, obviously, they know he can't probably do all the work that AJ does. Get him on the edge. Get him outside. Use that speed. And then also with the route running that they have him do from the screens. And he's he caught some deep. He has caught deep balls from Aaron, too. So just to, to see him continue to progress. You know, I would say for me, I'm motivated. Get him to, you know, getting close to my record and what I did rushing the ball. But then also being that all around back, you know, that he has. He has a lot of help with AJ, too. And I say I'm going to go defensively. I kind of agree with you, Eric. With Eric Stokes, being at the DB position. That's a, a position where it's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have that overconfidence where you're cocky and you're being boisterous and all that. You got to have that calm confidence because, you know, as a defensive back, one play, you're the guy because you just got the pick. And then the next play, they could go over the top of you and beat you. And you're you're de- you defended the player the best way you could. But somehow they still catch the ball. So that that's how the, the momentum can swing at that position. So for a guy to understand it and be competitive, you see him every route. He's being there. So to have Zaire on the other uh, Zaire on the one side and then him on the other. He's getting good young, opportunities, isn't he? Exactly. Yep. They and don't pressure and pressure equals picks, right? And we exactly. got you know, not only do we have the guys that we saw last year with Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Preston, and then obviously and obviously Rashawn Gary. I think he's gonna have an even better year. We could have could have talked about him, but you've got uh you got Reed coming in showing that he can play. Obviously, the first round draft pick, Devontae Wyatt's gonna come in and get some extra mm-hmm. pressure. So pressure equals picks. Alexander's back, which means I don't think that people are not going to throw to him, but certainly I would throw to Stokes over if if I'm if I'm the quarterback, I'm going to throw to Stokes over Alexander until he proves me different. So he's yep. going to have these opportunities with guys, you know, guys hopefully in the quarterback's lap, and we'll see what happens. Yep, definitely see what happens. So let's head all over to trench warfare. Yeah, Mike, this is your neck of the woods here. So what you got going here? Well, <clears throat> we talked about how good the defense has looked mm-hmm. so far, um, and it kind of, and then you see all the injuries that are happening on the offensive side of the ball or, or, or that right. we're not playing through right now, as far as we're not getting these guys back immediately. Um, you talk about both tackles, you talk about uh, our receiving tight end. Um, I look at it and go, these are the hard things about having a shortened preseason. When are we going to find that continuity? And, but I'll tell you what I, I just kind of thought about as we were putting the show together was you hear about how Rashawn Gary's wrecking practice. Yep, yep. You hear about the offensive lines, not, as playing there. as well as as they have before and nobody wants to talk about this man but i i'm one person who came out and said like billy getting rid of billy turner is a problem and we got rid of billy turner you did and say that. guess where Rashawn gary plays and guess we're good all good left defense uh, left defensive end is kind of becoming the premier position because tj watt is breaking all the sack break i mean things are happening on that side because that mm-hmm. that is traditionally the the player that is the worst pass blocker Billy did a really good job for this team for years. I wonder if we're going to miss him, given even more so given the fact that we don't know when Bakhtiari is coming back. Jenkins yep. is not here, right? We don't really have a what I would call a bell cow tackle at either position right now. Mm-hmm. Like we have Yash playing, Royce is over there. Jake, I mean, we've got guys kind of moving in and out. But what if you had Billy right now? How much better would you feel about the line this year? A lot better. I mean, because his ability and his knowledge and his experience um, for the players that are there. Yes, they're great athletes, as we know, but some of them just don't have that just that that little detail like Billy did to um, do his job, make sure guys didn't get in the backfield. So, yeah, that um, offensive line, like you said, two guys are out right now, El Jenkins and Bukatari. So right now is just, you know, finding out who's going to be 
who or who I say what yeah. numbers, what who's going to be the the front the front five from this point forward. So they we got to find out starting on um was it Saturday or Friday when they face uh, against the 49ers here. Which is so. but it's so tough AG because you're, you're missing you're missing your top two players and you really like you you really to me you have two positions nailed down. Myers and JRJ. Yep. Right? Everything else is kind of up for grabs whether it's handsome whether it's right you got some different guys playing right guard. I mean, I, the the kid Sean Ryan from from UCLA, uh, you know, is he's getting some reps, right? He's in mm-hmm. he's in the mix. At least he's playing second team. Yeah. But you don't really have a definitive player there, and you just don't know the timeline. Of these other guys, I'm sure the Packers feel a lot better than we do. But if mm-hmm. I, you know, again, from going for a long time being a strength on this team, right now, I'm not saying it's a weakness. I'm just saying we don't know enough information, and it makes you kind of anxious about the situation because. We don't have that guy where we can just go, man, you put Billy Turner in, all of a sudden you got, you know, all of a sudden you went from having two spots yep. to definitively having four because now you just go, hey, man, the worst we the worst we know is Royce Newman doesn't get any better this year. He can play right guard again with Billy, and we're good to go. And right. You just got to figure out Yash can probably man this thing over the other side for a while and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. But now it goes, you know, you're back down to two players where you don't really – that's the only that's the only two positions you feel good about. Yeah, you gotta find that. You make sure nobody has that question mark because usually, as you as you started the, the question here, is offense usually starts off fast, and that's what it, that was the case for us. Offense would get in the rhythm fast. Well, that's offense just because we were better, though, right? Like usually, they, well, usually they say. I'm being honest. Like usually they yeah. say because defense is easier to learn. There's more right. timing to go with offense. Like like ten players can play well on offense, and one can play bad, and you have a bad play. Ten players can play bad on defense. One player play good, and you have a good play. That's true. You, you know what I mean? Yep, I now, know what you I mean. I know that. And I see, the, the, see, the way your mind works is this is the difference between uh, offensive lineman and running back. Okay. You think, well, I could be that one player that makes the play work, right? And I think, well, I could be the one player that makes the play not work. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I think that sometimes. I'll, I'll make sure, look, I know I need to know hit the spot because if I don't hit this spot, if I don't read this line, if I don't check the blitz, audible right, I'm – this is play I'm paying you a compliment. I'm talking about talent. Yeah. Yes. Talent versus horsepower. Talent versus horsepower. Oh, so man. Thank you. Add horsepower in, in investment banking or like private equity, you're the value add. I'm the horsepower. I'm okay. punching numbers. You're shaking hands. That's what it is, baby. I, I got you, Mike. All right. So let's uh, bring it over to one of the, the guys that's probably shaking hands, Tom uh, Tunyon. Uh, talks about his comeback from the knee surgery or from the you know, knee injury from last year. So what yeah, do you got he, on that? He was on Bustin' with the Boys. Like Bustin' with the Boys is a great show. It's a, uh, it's a podcast, huh? Yeah, it was, it's a great podcast. It's, okay. it's, um, it started with the tennis. So other teams, we did this in Carolina too. They'll bring a bus or an RV and all the alignment will hang out there during the off, you know, during the downtime. I, yep. I saw, I've been seeing right? that. Yep. And so Tyler Luan and a couple other guys, they got a bus together. It's turned into a great podcast. It's a lot of fun. They're touring this year because I don't, Tyler's not, but obviously, but you know, a couple of the other guys that aren't playing Will Compton and whatnot. Right. And he was on there and he's talking about, I want everybody to remember how good I was and how good I am and all these kind of things. And, you know, last year kind of started slow because uh, I was, I was more of a blocker because of the injuries and stuff. And I'm, and and I immediately I was just like, no, don't don't do that, man. Because you got to, you. Know, I know you're receiving tight end, but correct. Think of yourself. Like, I wish. I hope Robert Tunyon has a picture of George Kittle, uh, like a poster over his bed. They, you know should, what I mean? Well, I don't know about over his bed, but they. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like a guy who yeah. can do it all. Like every day he should walk, or maybe in his locker. Like correct. I want to be like George, because George can do everything. Like get tra- tear down the Travis Kelsey one. And put mm. up a George Kittle one. 
Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey's a great receiving tight end, right? He's a great slot wide receiver. George Kittle's the man, dude. Like yes. Mark Andrews, you know, the, the, the guy over for Baltimore, he's the man. Those guys yes. are awesome. Yes. The dude from, the dude from uh, Cleveland, right? He's the man, yep. right? Those guys can do everything. Be that guy. Be just super excited about being that guy. And you're gonna like you'll get everything you want. You'll get the numbers. You'll get the respect. Every, you'll get the money. Everything you want. So he's in a perfect position. Didn't have to leave. You know, he said he made a point. Like if I have a big contract here last year, if I don't get injured, maybe I'm not on a team with the you know two time reigning MVP. There's there's no number one receiver here. Like things yeah. are looking actually pretty good for a guy like me, right? Yeah. So he he could have a huge year, but man, I just hope he puts that George Kittle picture up in his locker, not over his bed. That was a little creepy. So um, hope, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> that's why that's why I put, said that. Puts a like, picture ah. up over his locker. I thought I meant to the side, but of course your mind is so filthy it goes right on the ceiling. It's unbelievable. I see so many. What's the uh, what's the American Pie movies back in the day? You oh. know they were crazy. Yes. Yeah, so my mind runs when you say certain things, but to that yeah to that point though yes you you want to have that mindset i see because he knows the what the word out is on the street on him like i'm an outside linebacker when i look at was 85 mm-hmm. in green and gold i know what he's about and that's i'm like okay he comes i'm lining up i'm not even breathing hard i'm like okay mm-hmm. i see what, all right let me just get in my stance here we go you know <laughs> and you don't want that so yeah, you gotta, and then he has to be well aware of that. I mean, we we're former players, we see that, and it's okay. But if he wants to get the whole, what well, we go back to Jerry Maguire, the whole Quan have everything. Nice. He has to be that run blocking tight end. Has to bring that into the fold because then he's already good at running routes, catching the ball. But then he brings that. Then he, like you said, the respect part. When when that that what I just showed you, a linebacker lining up against him, then he's gonna be like, okay, I got a problem. <laughs> that linebacker, it might run through his head. Okay, he's a blocking tight end now. He will. Okay, let me see what he does. He's gonna, and you want that. You want that linebacker to start thinking when he gets to the line of scrimmage. When you when you don't have a linebacker, when they kind of like, okay, just kind of get in the stands real comfortably and nonchalantly, they know. Okay, I got to win here. I don't and, know that dude at all, but I'd be super interested in his answer to what you just said. Would he say? Is he the kind of guy that would be like, you know what, AG, you're absolutely right? Or he's, he'd be the kind of guy that says to respect, don't pay checks, catches paychecks. I just wonder, you know, like, right. you know what I mean? Is he, is he Rob Gronkowski or is, you know, is, is he one of these other guys, Mike Jacecki, who just wants to play slot receiver? You know, that's it. right. And, and, and it's like, we're okay. Just say which one you are. Like, we, we're okay. We, we'll put you there. I'm not okay with it. I'm really no, I know. Not. You know what I mean? Cause like, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a, like, because what happens is, you have to – you can work that into your offense, but you also are taking away from some of the abilities of a running back. Some of the right. abilities – you have to you have to make like, – like the run game has to fundamentally change when you're in because you right. can't perform some tasks. And like to me, that's a problem. Like I want – I don't care if you're the, the, a dog, but like DeWaro will throw his body around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yep. I'm like – that guy's not great yet, but he'll throw his yeah. body around. He's not afraid yeah. either. You know and I – yeah, I'll reword it. I'll reword it. It's like it's like among players, we already know where you are. So it'll be no surprise that you try. It's like, oh, you're trying to block now. Like for us as players. So I'll just reword that. For us, we're, we're there. And it's like, you know, no respect from, you know, I'm not taking no disrespect, but you know, you'd be better if you did this too. Just letting you know. Yeah. That's what we, that's what we do at play, as players. We'd be like, you know, if you did that, that'd be dope, you know? Yeah. It's like, I think I said this before on the show, 
the, my first year and me and Dorsey lined up in the backfield together and uh, they called it horse personnel and Nick Fredrickson linebacker for the sun or for the Cardinals. We were in Arizona, remember 2000 season, we down there in the desert first gate, first month of the season. And I remember his eyes just like this. Cause he saw me and he looked at Dorsey. He looked at, he's like, what in the, he just, hold up. They got both running backs. Both could catch the ball. He already knows all the details. Right. Like who I'm going to go for. <laughs> like how I'm, how I'm supposed to stop Dorsey. He's already been, you know, been respected. And this new kid that they got on the block, what number 30, he looked like he's problem. Like, Oh, when I saw that, I just kind of was laughing in my head. I'm like, Oh man, he's in trouble. I'm like, he don't know where to go. And that's a problem, you know? And so, that's what Tunyon, hopefully Tunyon gets that. And having them free four conversations, that's where some guys get in trouble, as we saw with Baker Mayfield last year. And the, I was like, stop talking, Baker. You're killing yourself, man. Killing yourself there. So let, let's head on to get off my line. And we got some – we have some tomfoolery here. And my man, Mr. Billion Zillionaire, Elon, is back on the scene again. So we're going to start, though, with the in – my, in my room. He's not in my room, but I'm just saying he's a running back. Kareem Moss or Kareem Hunt, excuse me. He said, I saw this. I'm like, new deal. He's with the Browns. You know, they just had the whole thing with, you know what, number four. They're number four uh, quarterback. Uh, just all trying to, it's still up in the air. We obviously, they're still trying to figure it out. But he asked for a new deal, Mike. <laughs> so he's got, I think he's got a two-year $12 million deal. Right now. And let's, okay. and let's, not, let's not forget that Kareem Hunt had to yes. leave the Chiefs in large part because of a, very disturbing domestic violence Correct. issue, right? Yep. Yep. And it just it feels like you know. So what? So Watson suspended six games. The NFL is going to appeal it. What's going to happen? I don't know. Yep, now this guy don't. wants a new deal all of a sudden before the season. It's this is a re, you need to read the room a little bit better to me. Just yes. This is me personally. I you know everybody's entitled to their money, entitled to what they want. You know I, maybe he deserves it, maybe he doesn't. I think Nick Chubb's. Their guy and Kareem Hunt's a, a great, great player. That's where, my, that's where my, my mind says that Nick Chubb all day. Right. So, but he is, listen, if you're going to have a one two punch, Kareem Hunt's a great, great player. He no, can start, he's a great he can start in front of the team. Agreed. Dude, it's just like you just like, this is one of those situations where if it's me, it's not me, but if it was, I just kind of keep my head down out of the media, I, especially when there's something going on with the quarterback involving. Yes. Uh, sexual a, misconduct, um, yeah, sexual misconduct, or, or whatever it is in the media. Correct. With members, with members of the other sex knowing that I had a a very very graphic domestic violence uh, dispute. Exactly, and I, I saw this myself too. I was just shaking my head. I'm like, couldn't you just wait three weeks or oh, wait God. till the regular season, mid season, right. or something? I say, like, keep it under wraps. Why, like, why exactly. sit out of practice? Why are you sitting out of practice? It, Come it's, on, right? It's like. And he's not the clear cliff starter, and you have a dog. They already got a dog in the house, we, and that's Nick Chubb. We mentioned his name already, and I love him to death. Yeah. He he is a straight up runner. Will run past you or through you. Can catch the ball, and then you go near the backup, and you asking for this now. And preseason hasn't even started yet. But like, I'm like Ag, I, I'm see, just like this scratching my head. You never never like this, right? But but like we know we have we have a like. I remember every year driver would be like, I'm I'm getting a new deal. I'm pissed off about my deal. I remember like every year, like, but he would never hold out. Like it was, it was just one of those things. He just says what he did. It's posturing. posturing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but and, 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 you know, like, first of all, we were talking about it, the biggest smile in the room, man. Like, I love that guy. Yeah. He's infectious. But this, this, you just go like, are you out? Like, 
couldn't have done this before it, or just keep it out of the media. Do anything you can right. to not be like here. Cause here's what happens in the Cleveland plane dealer. Like I've seen it before, right? Print paper, front page, Deshaun Watson, right? Bad, 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 right? Now it says Kareem Hunt right next to it. Dude, bad idea. Exactly. Didn't need it. Did nope. not need it. Guilty by association. <laughs> you, you're not even associated with the whole thing and you're being thrown in it now. So yeah, he didn't see his publicist or whoever is working with him, agent, they should have known better. That, that because, was an agent thing, too. Yeah, yeah, because AG, because the next thing is what should be on the next part. Exactly. The massage therapist convention is right down the street from the uh from the Brown Stadium last weekend. And you're going, man, that couldn't have been more perfect. <laughs> that could have been more kidding? perfect. I love well, it. this was planned out last year before I, I know Eric. this is years in advance. <laughs> This is this wasn't. Like but a yeah, I get you, I get your yeah, point. You gotta be kidding me, man. Yeah, I'll, if I'm a brown and I saw that on a sign driving to practice, I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, man, is this me. real? I can't be living this right now, where I actually driving to practice and it's a massage therapist convention going on right down the street. I was like, hold up. I was like, somebody, it's the Matrix or Big Brothers is messing with us. Like, what is going down here? Phenomenal. Let's move on to the next one. We got my man, the rich dude, doing crazy stuff. Interesting. This is, yeah. This is kind I, of a this is kind of a serious one. Have you heard of this yet? No, I, I haven't heard nothing. Okay, so, so fill me in, please. Okay, so everybody knows that by now that that Brittany Griner is the WNBA basketball player. Yes. She played for Baylor, and she was caught, I think, with CBD oil and a vape yep. pen or something like that in, in Russia, mm-hmm. and she's been sentenced to nine years. Um. There, you know, everyone's wow. got their theories about this. And, and, you know, I think the hard, the only thing I'll say is it's always hard for me because it doesn't really matter what is legal or illegal in the United States. And it doesn't really matter what we think is fair or not fair. Right. You gotta be, you gotta know, like I'm going to Vladimir Putin's country. He's not a great guy. He doesn't really like America. I'm not going to bring anything in that's illegal in, in Russia. Like this, this is just a tough situation, right? Correct. Elon, whether it's, you know, again, like it's, it's, this is tough. They make movies about this stuff because it happens. Like this mm-hmm. is what happens, right? Right. Elon Musk comes out and says, uh, you guys are making this big deal about Brittany Griner and, and, you know, she's double NBA star. She's been on ESPN two and blah, 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 blah. Drug offenders are the number one reason for incarceration in the United States. 400,000 people are incarcerated because of, you know, nonviolent drug crimes. Uh, 66,500 federally. 45% of federal criminals that are in prison are, in, are for nonviolent drug uh, crimes. That's 4.3 times the, um, uh, the incarceration amount of 50 years ago. That's 69% higher. Like our prison rate is 69% higher than Russia. And the reason is, Think about that. And the reason is 69% higher than Uh Russia, 34% higher than China. And the reason is we incarcerate people in the United States for nonviolent, what we, a lot of us would call minor criminal charges on drugs, whether they're incarcerated in jail, in a state jail, or they're Uh in federal prison, right? We're talking hundreds of thousands of people. And he just makes this point. Well, okay. What about, what about people down the street? Why don't we take care of them too? And I'm, it just shines another light on how we as a society mm. value us versus the bad guys. Right. One, how we value people on TV that aren't or versus people who aren't on TV or people who yep. have a skill that we value that, you know, <clears throat> versus people that don't. Right. It, it's, it, it, it was, you know, he, just, he, he says something sometimes and he's trying to get a rise out of people, but it does make you think like, 
this is a pretty big problem in the United States of America, whether or not it's for nine years. But listen, you right. talk to you talk to a, a guy who's in for a non a nonviolent minor drug offense. He's sitting in prison right now. Whether he's in Russia or he's in the U.S., they both feel incarcerated. Like Correct. they're both in jail, as far as they're concerned. You know what I mean? One, yeah. They're both trying to avoid like shower yep. time. You know what I mean? Like, one way or another, it's a bad deal. Uh, yes, it is. So yeah, just so he actually got yeah, he got people thinking on that one. Got me thinking on that one. He's I mean, he got some, brought up some good points. Very, very, very good points here. And so the last one on here on this list, Mike, what you got here? I love so this. Say, this this is phenomenal. So there, I forgot where the guy's from. Soccer player, international soccer player. He gets signed by a new team, and the new team is desperate to get the deal done, sign the paper. I want to get you on the practice field. I want to get you for the next game, okay? Okay. Only problem is he's getting married. It's his wedding day. So what does he do? This guy, this guy calls his brother. This guy calls his brother and says, hey, can you stand in as the groom at my wedding? Because I've already paid for everything. And he goes, he goes to his new team, signs the transfer deal. His brother stands in and gets married to his wife. Wow. That is phenomenal. That's that an understanding. Amazing. Let me tell you something. That is an understanding bride. 100%. I'm not sure. I'm not sure my bride would be like, ah, yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal. You yeah, I mean, mine either. Of, instead of maybe you could wait a day or wait 12 hours. Right. <laughs> Was it that? Yeah. Could he move it? It's a day? Two hours? Three hours? I don't Man, and it's it was, probably in another country. You start thinking like logistically. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, interesting. But dude, it was. And the, but the best part is like they had already taken wedding photos. <laughs> so it was literally just like a formality. Like, you know what I mean? It was, like, yeah. was kind of weird, but I saw that. And I was like, man, what a great story. Like, how was your wedding day? Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. I had my brother standing. <laughs> that, that line, right? That's, that's what he's got to say. Yeah. That's interesting. That is amazing. Hmm. Man, you be don't you be going down that rabbit hole on on Twitter, or Instagram, or wherever you go where you find these articles. This is amazing stuff. Yeah, that's that that's a nonsense one, man. But yeah, that one definitely is like wow. Like oh yeah, my brother stood in for me. So hey, how you, is that? Well, here's a here's the last one. I don't know if you talked. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, I think it's University of Oklahoma. You see that coach? No. Uh, okay, I'll mess this up. But the University of Oklahoma, a coach that's been there for years. Oh gosh, darn! He's the he's the brother of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna type it in real quick. Let me look at it real quick. Oh, uh, I think I know who you're talking about. Coach resigns. Kale Gundy, Oklahoma. Yes, I was. Yep, that's who I was thinking. Kale okay, Gundy. so Mike Gundy's little brother, Kale, who yep. was like a quarterback there, and you know came back. He's been there for how many years? He read something. He he. It's it seems like it sounds like he read the one word that nobody who looks like me can say. It sounds like he read it off a player's iPad. Oh God! And so because of that, he's he's resigned. He's no longer a football coach. And it's like that's 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 a tough way to end, man. Yeah, that is a tough way. And he said, like you know, he took full responsibility for it, and he said. He said, listen, I didn't even know, you know, I'm just reading off this iPad. I, you know, it's like, I don't know, was he reading Huckleberry Finn? Like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But you know what I mean? But you know, Huckleberry Finn's like the. the, Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So they're they're trying to get rid of all. Yeah. So anyways, Mm -hmm. but but he's reading and all of a sudden, I guess he was like, blah, 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 blah. And he just kept going. He said, like, no, but then like, I guess he stopped and was like, oh, you know, and. 
it's crazy because <clears throat> it, it speaks it kind of yeah tell me what you th- that, that's nuts right and he's just like right there he's like all right i'm done right because he doesn't want to cause controversy right and and then you start okay. thinking like you start thinking like okay well you gotta you think about the room that he's in the age yep. of everybody that you know and and everything and being able to yeah process, process that and you know man that's it's just it's kind of a weird story though yeah it's a weird story i say for him and not wanting to obviously be there and get taken excuse himself that's yeah. that takes a lot yeah um something i had a conversation too with my my kids when they were younger my stepson in particular he had friends over and i overheard you know my i think actually my wife overheard them talking no, I think I no, I overheard them talking, and they were just dropping it, dropping it, dropping the N word, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, you know, he has white friends, black friends, Latino friends, and I said, Virgil, come here. Um, you know what that that word means and how it affects people, how it bothers people if it's been said out loud. Now, how does that affect you when your friends are saying that your white friends? He's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm cool. I'm like, huh? Okay. I said, okay, understood. I'm like, but y'all at our house. So yeah, you're safe. It's a safe environment. Mm-hmm. What about when y'all out at the McDonald's just hanging right after a game or hanging out, going to the mall? Do they talk like, are they well aware that they might say that loud enough for somebody that is not in that mindset like me, where I'm like, I'm going to have a conversation with you where they're not going to have a conversation. Right. <laughs> they're going to come yeah. off the top. It's going to get real, real fast. Yep. I'm like, so you got to let your friends know they can't use that word for those reasons because there's people out there that don't that don't have that mindset like me. They're like, hey, a minute, you know, you just said that. No, you know, let's let's sit down and talk and let's go to the history of that. You would be doing them a favor, exactly, uh, a favor, right? Exactly. Here's the I'm thing like, I never. Here's the thing I never understood about this this whole conversation. Yeah, this is one of those deals to me where there doesn't need to be. You you should you should never have to have a conversation. This is very it's very cut and dry. Yes, hey, I get it. If 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 you're that that word has been taken in a, has been taken and is being used to communicate amongst um, uh, amongst black people as right. a way to take it's like an an empowerment. Be taken taking away the sting of that word correct that has been forever used as a as to a, control people to control people yep white people leave it alone right 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 <laughs> just just i'm, I'm giving go. a disclaimer I, here okay yeah, you know you know you know what i'm saying but like if it's hey if it's in a, if it's in a song don't sing that part of the song just bleep yep. just hum along like what you know it's like very it's like very it's just such a very simple thing that i i've never you understood be- why this why this comes up because some people don't get it. It's like, <laughs> so I did my I did my friend my uh, my son my stepson and his friends a service. Yes, setting up. I I said, hey, come out of come out the room for a second. Let's all sit on the couch. Let's have a conversation. And we did. We had that conversation. I said, like, this is what how it's got to go. And this is what you have to understand. Why you can't just freely say that. I'm a dad. I'm a parent. Even if I didn't know y'all, I would still sit y'all down because I'm conscious enough. I'm not that, you know, I'm not coming off the top rope, but you got some African-American black people out there that to them, that's like a trigger. As soon as you say it, boom, they firing. I'm like, so I don't want you to be in that situation at the mall, at the movie theater. Y'all just having a conversation amongst yourself, but somebody else hears that. 
word being dropped. Don't get mad if they somebody punch you in the back of the head or something. I'm like, so you just got to be careful where you at. And please, just don't use it at all. I was like, just boom. Just, just move that from your vocabulary. That makes it a lot easier. We, you're absolutely <laughs> right, man. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I was just going to ask you this because this came up because I told you that my tattoo appointment got did, got canceled or never got a booked or whatever. Right, right. But I was looking at these different tattoo ideas and this is it's kind of a weird segue, but there are so many symbols like Nordic symbols, European right. symbols but that have been hijacked by like white supremacist groups. That I, I awesome. was like typing in, I was typing in like Viking tattoos or meaning of like a wolf and, and, or bubble, and it was like, I just randomly in Google was like 10 tattoos you cannot get. And I hit, you know, I better find out. Right. Right. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's like, if you get a tattoo of uh, Odin or Thor, one of the two, that's like a white supremacist group in, in Finland. And if like you get a, a, a hammer, that's a white supremacist. And I was like, oh my God. Because, like, I would have been like, oh, cool, like, oh, Marvel. Right, you know? <laughs> unknowingly, right. Dude, it was, and, like, there was, ten, I mean, there's 10 things and probably seven of them. You go, I, I was like, oh, I, no, I, you literally had no idea. And then you start going, like, well, you know, the swastika with Hitler. Of and course, Hitler, yeah, everybody knows that, correct. No, but, like, the, the background of that, like, he didn't, like, make that design. It came right. from somewhere. You know what correct. I mean? Correct, yep. You, that's, that's, that's what I mean. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about That's, like you fell asleep in the, you know, let's say you fell asleep and you know didn't know all this stuff, and you get out of the chair and you go, "Hey, pretty cool, huh?" Yeah, you wonder why somebody yeah. tailgating oh, you, you right you, now. You <laughs> <laughs> That's why you research your tattoos. Oh I, my I have, god, I have what I th well, I, I've done my homework. I got mm -hmm. some Japanese tattoos on my back. I think you, you I had them, you know. Mm -hmm. And before I did that, I went on a week. This is before internet got where it got. But it was the like 2002, 2003 when I got it. And so I went as much as whatever was around then. I think Google was around then. And I'm searching pictures just like you did. And yeah. I, I was making sure I wasn't looking for what, you know, making sure that. But I was making sure that it read if it was Japanese, that it read this, that it, it read humble. And, you know, that because they used the, the different lines to create a word or a phrase. So, yes. But AG, but think about how quickly that whatever's on your back right now, think about how quickly that could be hijacked by somebody else. <laughs> and like in five years from now, you're like, you're at the beach. You're like, oh, I ain't taking my shirt off. I'm out. I, I'm going to have exactly that. Well, the good thing is I got a shirt. So no, yeah, unless I'm at the beach was very rarely being in Wisconsin. You, you know, know what I mean? we don't have no I mean, beaches. Yeah. Crazy, I know what you yeah. mean. It is crazy. crazy world we live in, bro. Very crazy world, Mike. <laughs> oh my God. That's a fantastic points there, man. So on that note, we're at the end of our show. So, everybody, I hope you had a great time listening in. We kind of uh, digressed from football, just went into a fun conversation there. That's what I'll say. Uh, but we'll be back next week to talk more Packer football. And then we got a game to talk about, see what these young bucks are going to do. So we'll be able to break down the 49 Packer game from the preseason ball. But anyway, either way, me and Mike will be back. You can find me at Green 30 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you. You're Mike Wall 68 Twitter, process to perform Instagram, AG pleasure as always, bud. See you next week. I'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.